to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And this week, we're going to be telling you all about hermit crabs. But first, we want to remind you that our merch store is up and running, and you can buy animal stickers and postcards featuring our illustrations. You can also donate there to help us to cover the costs of running the podcast, or buy us a virtual coffee, because I've never needed coffee more in my life as badly as I do this week. So (laughs) you can do that there as well. Yeah, and we're also really excited to be doing another giveaway for a pack of all five of our sticker designs, plus an exclusive Beyond Blathers logo pin that you won't find on the merch store. So this time, we're asking you to please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then just send us a screenshot of the review on Instagram or Twitter at Beyond Blathers or email it to us at beyondblathers at gmail.com just so we know you entered, and we'll be drawing the winner on November 4th. So yeah, that's exciting. And this is open to any of our listeners. You don't have to be in Canada or the U.S. to enter. Okay, cool. So on to the hermit crab. We have to give a shout out to Brett for suggesting the hermit crab to us. Her Twitter handle is at yesitsbrett, and she's very cool, and we like her a lot. So thanks for the suggestion, Brett. And this is actually a fun one because we asked you all on Twitter and Instagram what fish or marine creature you'd like to see us do this week, and it was so neck and neck between the hermit crab and the oarfish. Oh man, you guys were killing us. Killing us! We'll make sure that we do the oarfish another time soon because we know you want to see it as well, but the hermit crab like just won out on Instagram. It looked like the oarfish was pulling through, but the hermit crab folks came and swooped in and stole that race. <laughs> so here we are with the hermit crab. But definitely follow us at Beyond Blathers on Instagram and Twitter because that was really fun. And like, I hope we can do that more in the future and see what you guys would like. And just so you know, you can always DM us or send us an email and let us know if there's a suggestion you have of a creature you'd really like to see us cover. But anyway... We need to hear what Blathers has to say about the hermit crab. Yes. (laughs) So if you bring a hermit crab to Blathers, he'll say, The hermit crab is not an insect, though it most certainly resembles one. Bleck, it looks much like a spider, what with its creepy (laughs) eyes and crawly legs, but is, in fact, a crustacean. As such, the hermit crab has ten legs and also wears a shell, but it doesn't grow the shell itself. It slips its soft body into shells left behind by snails, you see, and moves into ever larger ones as it grows. Talk about a strange way to make a home. I'm just reminded of, like, Olivia, did you ever watch that episode of Spongebob Squarepants where, like, Mr. Krabs is, like, super naked, like, without his shell, and it's, like... (laughs) Yes, Kate, I didn't even watch Spongebob Squarepants that much as a kid, but, like, I know what that image is, and it haunts me. (laughs) Yeah, like... It, it's such a weird show that, like, children shouldn't watch, but I watched it so much. <laughs> and I know it is a kid's show, but it's just so much disturbing body it's humor. It's really, like, and... warped. <laughs> yeah. No, but that totally is what it looks like. Oh, my gosh. Like, like a, a naked hermit crab. That's exactly what the look is. It's very strange. Like, there's just something about, like, a soft body that I don't like. <laughs> so, yeah, these hermit crabs... I'm kind of impressed by Blathers here because he calls them a crustacean, but he doesn't actually say that they're like a crab, 
which is great because they're not. Um, what? They are. Uh, they are crab. I know. I've my mind is blown. So I'm going to tell you a bit about the taxonomy here. I did not know so much about hermit crabs until I was researching. So get ready. So they belong to the superfamily Pagaroidea. So that's within the crustacean group. And that's different from the superfamily that crabs are in. The sort of like the traditional crab, like your blue crab or something, whatever you eat. That sort of, I don't know, like the oval flat crabs with little pincers. So they're not in that group. They're in a separate group. And there's about 800 species of hermit crab in the world. So we're covering a very large group today. And we're going to do our best to kind of summarize all of those hermit crabs together. So they can be found in most marine environments all around the world. And while most live in oceans, some the land hermit crabs are also semi-terrestrial. So they do sometimes hang out on land or they spend most of their life on land. Uh, And there's also one species of freshwater hermit crab in Oceania on an island there. But yeah, like I said, they're not true crabs. So a lot of other like fake crabs include horseshoe crabs, king crabs, and porcelain crabs. So even though they're referred to as crabs, they're in these like different crustacean groups. King crabs are actually very closely related to the hermit crabs, even though they look, they're, they're like the crabs with the really long legs. You can also eat them. I'm sure you can probably eat a lot of these things, but anyway, (laughs) yeah, they're the ones with the really long legs. And so they're not in the same group as those other regular crabs. Um, And of course, horseshoe crabs are those like super prehistoric looking like Roombas on the ground, Roombas of the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they always remind me of. So yeah, they're, they're, um, yeah, not, not true crabs. And in the case of the hermit crabs, they're asymmetrical and that's sort of one of the major things that differentiates them from the true crabs. What I mean by that is they've got sort of like the front part that you see out of the shell with their little eyes and their little antenna and their little chomper pincer things. I forgot what they're called. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they're pincers. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, But their body looks like this, like, like we were talking about before. It's like very naked and raw. Like it looks like a hot dog that's like curled up a little bit. It's very ugly, in my opinion. And that's what sticks into and fits into like a twisty snail shell. But they are asymmetrical because that's all like twisty to one side. So I'm really crying at the curled up raw (laughs) hot dog. That's what it looks like. It's like pink. It's well, maybe not in all of the species, but it's a weird, it's a weird look. Like there's a reason those things have like a little house they're like hiding (laughs) not to body shame the the hermit crabs but they need to like tuck that away yeah i mean could you tell us more about the shell like blathers mentioned that you know it's it's not their shell and they're kind of just invading other people's abandoned homes or whatever can you tell us more about that yeah so hermit crabs in the wild they'll only find their shells they're not killing whatever's inside especially because sometimes they're looking for a shell when they're really vulnerable and they don't have a shell of their own. So they're going to just be looking for one. Other times they're just looking for a bigger and better shell than the one they already have. Maybe one that doesn't have holes in it or they're just getting too big for their current clothing. And so usually their little like backpack house is a snail shell. Sometimes though they can use other objects like bamboo pieces or other types of mollusk or gastropod shells. But generally it's going to be like Yeah, different kinds of snails, like whelks or things. And so what they'll do is they'll put their abdomen into their shell, as well as their, like, fifth and fourth pairs of legs. 
And at the very base of their like curly hot dog abdomen, they have these things called uropods, which kind of look like the end of a lobster tail. And those are gonna act like hooks that kind of hook them into the shell and keep them there. Uh, and they also have kind of a rough body surface and that all kind of helps them to not lose track of their house. Yeah, and then you kind of mentioned that they switch out the shells every once in a while. So do they just kind of keep growing? Is that why? Yeah, so they're just going to continuously molt throughout their, the course of their life. So as they grow, they need to get rid of their old skin. I mean, like humans will molt too, but like not all at once. We'll just like lose bits of old skin. But for them, what happens is water will build up under the layer they're trying to shed when they're getting too big. And it'll like split that layer for them to shimmy out of. And sometimes they'll do this in the shell and it'll take a really long time for them to do that. Other times they'll like leave their shell and hide under the sand or something and that's where they're going to molt. And they do this so that, yeah, once they, they get too big, they've got a nice fresh new skin. And after it'll eat its molt because it doesn't want to waste vitamins and minerals. Gotta recycle. I feel like I'm just grossed out by them. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. There's clearly lots of <laughs> hermit crab lovers since this won the poll, but I'm a little, I'm a little sussed out. I don't know. It's so funny because this whole time I was like, wow, hermit crabs are so much cuter than I thought. But I guess that is kind of a gross fact. Maybe you're just portraying them grossly. <laughs> but wait, okay. I have cute facts okay. now. I think this is adorable. <laughs> so when a hermit crab gets too big for their current shell or they need to find a new one they'll either find a new shell by chance or they'll use their like incredible sense of smell to either okay this isn't a cute fact either but they'll smell <laughs> either dead snails or dead crabs or dying crabs because they'll all release pheromones and so they're sensitive to those pheromones because it means that some new real estate might be available so they're gonna run all over there and try and check out that shell and see if it might be a good fit for them so once it finds a new shell it'll like tap on it a bit check it out be like mm, this might be too big might be too small and if it is too big it does the cutest thing ever so it'll just kind of like hunker down and wait for more crabs to arrive and each crab will sort of like look at the shell go ah, okay too big they'll line up so basically they'll make this little queue behind the new shell and they'll like size each other up and be like mm, you're smaller so you go behind me and they'll make this little this little piggyback line and they'll wait until a crab that's big enough for the new shell comes and swaps out for the new shell and then they'll do this little like this little like trade where the the crab that's second biggest will go into the the newly available shell and they'll just kind of like hop over each other and, and swap shells and it's so cute and really if you cute. see a video of this it's like yeah they're like piggybacking on each other and it's so cute because they're like really shy about their butts so they're really trying to get in there quick um, that's so funny and not be vulnerable very long <laughs> but oh my gosh there's the cutest bbc earth video or it's like bbc life i think video of it we'll have to we'll have to post that one because it's it's really cute and a lot of hermit crabs do this and it's such a good strategy i think so good for them for figuring that one out i think it's very clever they're shy about their butts <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> they're shy oh they don't love their booties <laughs> so i mean the shell is that their only defense 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they do have a really cool thing, though, where some species of hermit crab, especially the deep water hermit crabs, have evolved to have like a a symbiotic relationship with anemones. So a little anemone nymph will find its way onto a hermit crab shell where it'll attach and it protects the crab from attack by stinging predators. So it's like having like a little built-in bodyguard. And in return, the crab will like munch on all its food and like cookie monster like pieces will just fly off and then an enemy eats it. So it gets like free transportation. It's just, it's free real estate. <laughs> I don't know, they're loving it. So yeah, the, there can be like one or many an enemy on a single hermit crab. And sometimes, It's also helpful because the hermit crabs might be living in a place where there's not really any like hard surfaces. So for things like anemones, they need that to attach onto. So the hermit crab shell is a really good place to do that. And so they don't have to live in like anemone colonies. They just move around with their little buddy hermit crab. And then sometimes hermit crabs will even fight with each other and try and steal each other's anemones um, and try and have like way more anemones, which begs the question with friends like these, who needs anemones? Ba-doom-tsh. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Brightened my day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. Anyway, so I think, though, the cutest part of this relationship between the crab and the anemone is that when the crab gets too big for its shell, it'll find a new shell, and then it'll, like, carefully poke and prod the anemone and be like, "Ah, we need to, you should come over here to this new shell. And the anemone will just, like, pop off and like be convinced by the little crab to join it on the new shell. And it's really cool because it's really against the anemone's instincts to just release from its surface. So only the crab knows how to like specially tap, tap, tap on it until it releases. And then in the case of like other species of hermit crab, like the leeches hermit crab, the anemone will actually just grow at the same rate as the crab and lay down like chitinous, like hard material to increase the size of the shell. So the crab doesn't actually have to find a new shell. They're so supportive of each other. Like that's the kind of relationship I'm looking for. (laughs) They'll be like, here you go. Just like a little bit bigger for you. But they'll also do this with walking corals. So that's kind of like a free flowing coral that's not really attached to any surface. Sometimes they'll sort of attach to a snail shell. And sometimes there's like a hermit crab there and the hermit crab will just like walk around with a whole chunk of coral living on its back. So that's extra protection for it too because it's a bigger piece of home. (laughs) I was wondering like, what are they protecting the hermit crabs from? Like what are their predators normally? like everything. Everything wants to eat a hermit crab. (laughs) Yeah, like fish, octopus, sharks. I mean, and also there's like 800 species. So I I can imagine like almost everything in the ocean that's predatory will eat a hermit crab if it can. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I guess I'm thinking of just like little tiny ones, but can they get big? Yes. So yeah, the tiny ones, they can be like millimeters long, like the ones you find in tide pools but they can get extremely big. So for anyone who's listening, if you don't currently know what a coconut crab or a robber crab is, I have some upsetting news for you. There is a crab that is almost a full meter long and it's one of the largest land arthropods in existence. So this thing is massive. It can get over nine pounds, and like I said, a meter in length, and it's found in islands in the South Pacific, but it's been extirpated by human activity for much of that range. But it's really known for being on Christmas Island. That's kind of one of the famous places it resides in. And this thing is like 
just walking around on land and they'll climb trees, they'll like steal food and other things from human habitations. So yeah, they're a little bit terrifying. If you see pictures of them, it's alarming. Warning there, it's it's crazy how big these things are. Like I, re I remember the first time as a kid seeing a picture of this thing. I was like scrolling through Nat Geo Kids as I did. <laughs> when I was nine and I saw a picture of this thing on a garbage can and it took up the whole side of the garbage can. It just does really look like a huge, huge spider. Oh yeah, it's, and the crazy thing is, so it is a type of hermit crab. Like when it's a juvenile, it's living like a regular hermit crab. It's got a shell on its back, but what ends up happening is it just grows big enough to develop a hard exoskeleton and just ditches the extra protection because it's huge. You don't need that anymore. But also to keep up with the size, they have to eat all kinds of things. So they'll eat like fruits, seeds, plant material, like their name suggests, coconut as well. They're not necessarily strong enough to break open a coconut shell that's not damaged, but they are really, really strong. And after a number of days, they can break open coconut shells after working at it for a bit. And they'll scavenge basically anything, even each other. So they, they will eat each other sometimes. That's often when you see them climbing trees is when they're trying to escape from each other. But they've also been known uh, to eat things like rats, turtle hatchlings, flying foxes, so like bats, and even live birds. So there's an account one scientist saw one sneak up on a sleeping bird, like a, like a booby, if you know what a booby is. It's, like a type of bird and like basically it and a number of other crabs like ripped it to shreds oh no yeah it's crazy and they have a really good sense of smell to track all this stuff that they're eating down it's also known as the robber crab because it steals people's stuff sometimes like actual household items that are in the yard <laughs> so yeah they are wild and they can live okay they can live between 30 to 40 years which is a very long time but the oldest ones there are some accounts of being like 120 years old, which is insanity. Of course, sad part is they are like extirpated and vulnerable in a lot of places. And it's very rare to find crabs that are like really, really massive now, but they're still really big. So as much as I'm like, this is the most terrifying creature ever in my mind, I think they're also like, I imagine they're very important to the ecosystem because animals that are that large are, and scavengers are gonna be like, good vacuum cleaners of nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely don't want to see something like that big disappear because it usually means it's, it's also pretty ecologically significant. Well, and it's, it's cool that they exist, although I do not want them to exist near me. It's still, <laughs> I think, important that they continue to exist. Yeah, like that's an amazing thing. I mean, you just got to look at a picture of these things and understand why I'm like yelling into the mic. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, so they're definitely not doing very well, but what about in general, how are hermit crabs doing conservation-wise? In general, they're doing okay, but there are like definitely some issues that are of concern. So I've got a couple soap boxes I'm going to stand on today. The first one, it's a little irrelevant to hermit crabs, but I feel it must be noted. Don't take shells from beaches. I don't know if I've said this before on the pod, but we need to stop. I used to do it a lot and I do not anymore because those shells are useful. They are useful for hermit crabs. They are also useful as nutrients. Like there is calcium, there are vitamins in those shells that need to be recycled back into the ecosystem. So leave them, do not touch. Do not buy them from stores. 
do not <laughs> touch the shelves. <laughs> yeah, they're really important. Soapbox number two. Actually, this is less of a soapbox because I feel a little more uncertain on this one, but it is something I think people should be aware of, and that is that hermit crabs are really hard to reproduce in captivity. So when you see like pet store hermit crabs, those have been acquired from the wild, almost always. But I had a hard time finding more information on this, so I will say it's something to be aware of. I'm not going to stand here necessarily and say what you should or shouldn't do, but be aware of it. And of course, never release your pet hermit crabs if you don't like them anymore. Please don't release them into the ocean. It's a bad idea. That's how we get invasive species. So don't release your exotic pets. And also hermit crabs can live decades, like 30 to 40 years with a coconut crab. That's normal for other species of hermit crab too. And so a lot of the time these pets don't live that long. And there's a reason for that. Often they're, they're thought of as like an easy pet and then they die in like a few months and people think that's normal because they're like tiny little crabs, but that's not normal. So just make sure you're doing your research. If you're thinking about getting hermit crabs, consider that. Yeah, I tried to research and find out if over-harvesting for the pet trade is an issue and I couldn't really find any data on that, but yeah, should be aware of it. All I found was like a really angry PETA article, but I don't really want to cite that <laughs> as my source here. But yeah, something to consider. There's probably also ethical issues with, I imagine, transporting small crustaceans. I, I don't imagine that's probably done very nicely. So be careful when you're choosing exotic pets. And the third one, of course, is just don't pollute. Let's get rid of all this plastic on the beach. If you can do beach cleanups, do it. Because so on the Cocos Islands alone, they found that over 500,000 crabs a year were dying because of plastic pollution on the beach. So part of this is because they'll get trapped. Like sometimes you'll see cute pictures of like them using like a bottle cap or something as a home, which might kind of work, but a lot of the time they'll get caught in plastic bottles or containers. And the problem with that is if they die in that container, they release that pheromone that says, hey, there's an empty shell over here. And that attracts a whole bunch more crabs to that spot. So they can all get trapped in like a bottle or container. So that's a really big problem for them. So of course, yeah, just be aware of your plastic consumption. If you can participate in beach cleanups, please do. They're always welcome. Yeah, so that those are some of the concerns for hermit crabs, very similar to many other aquatic species. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed learning about hermit crabs. I mean, there's probably so much more to say about them, but trying to kind of keep a general for this whole group of animals. But they are really amazing. Yeah, definitely. I had no idea about a lot of those things. And I guess growing up on the coast and seeing them all the time in tide pools. And I think when we were kids, you know, we used to like catch crabs all the time and we would take shells and put them in buckets and everything. And like, I just it's kind of like worms or something. It almost like you just kind of don't think of them as... Yeah, I mean, they're so abundant. Yeah. I also don't disagree with like people like collecting things while they're on the beach and then just letting them go. Mm -hmm. I think that's also like important for kids to get really curious about stuff. But yeah, just being <laughs> careful and gentle and everything's important. But yeah, they do seem kind of like just any other small bug or something when they're that abundant to something we don't necessarily think about. Yeah, exactly. Like a sand fly or something like that. But yeah, exactly. Or like barnacles or something, mm -hmm. which turn out to also be crustaceans. Didn't know that. I had no idea barnacles are crustaceans, but that'll have to be for another episode whenever we cover barnacles. We're definitely going to do barnacles. I love barnacles. <laughs> They're so cool. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks so much, Olivia. That was such a great and interesting episode. And thanks everyone for listening. 
If you're a new listener, don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Beyond Blathers on Instagram and Twitter for updates. Yes, and don't forget to enter our giveaway. Just leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts and send us a screenshot on Instagram or Twitter or to our email beyondblathers at gmail.com. And tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!